Again, welcome, and I'm excited to do this this morning. Like, I was just thinking um, how I was going to begin this, and I obviously wanted to begin with um, thanking Pastor Ty and Heather, um, because um, the trust and, and the belief and the faith that they have in me to do this, y'all, I got here like yesterday, you know what I mean? And it's like they're allowing me to take this platform and to do this thing. And most importantly, I love that they trust me. But most importantly, I love that they trust the Holy Spirit. Amen. To allow me to kind of do this. Um, also, just thankful, really thankful for uh, my kids, Deja and Hezekiah, who uh, most, pretty much their whole lives have been listening to dad preach and minister. And yet they get to sit in another service and listen to it again. All right. So thankful for that and their patience. Um, also to my wife, she was up here, and listen, y'all, I, I could do an entire message about just how thankful I am for her and what she means to me. Um, she's just not only my wife, she's my friend, she's my financial advisor, she's my advisor, she uh, at times can be the voice of God in my life, um, she is my driver's ed instructor many times, so she, f- she feels so many things in my life. And I'm really thankful. And of course, um, just give it up for our staff and our volunteers of Cowboy Junction Church, our worship team, because they hold it down, y'all. And so as I was preparing the messages and things were stirring in my heart and praying about what God would want me to say to you on this Sunday morning is there was a couple of things stirring in my heart. And so I wanted to reach in my box and my box of messages and things that God had put in my heart, right? And so I wanted to reach deep and say, well, what's in there, Lord, that I could do? Things that I know a few things about and things that maybe could um, bring some, some good revelation. And so one of the things that I wanted to really preach on that I was thinking about is a message titled, Put a Ring on It. Right? And all the single ladies said... All the single ladies also know. So that was one of the messages that I thought would be so good. But it's not the direction that God wanted me to go. And I started thinking about what is it that I really know about? What is it that I really have good information that I've experienced in my life and I've experienced with others that can really help people? And so one of those messages was titled Church Hurt. Ooh, it got quiet in the room. (laughs) Um, And so I thought, you know, I have some experience, and I have personal experience, and I know people that also experience church hurt. And as I started really digging into, like, Lord, is is this really what what you want for me? And and I thought, well, I'm just going to unpack it. Let's unpack what this is. And I was like, well, you know, I started looking deep into what we would look at, and I'm just telling you, y'all, there's a lot to unpack here. So even though both of these messages would make great sermons and one day will make amazing series, it's not what we're talking about today, okay? So we're going to put this back into our sermon box of visions and things that God has given us. And the one thing that God wanted me to talk to you about today was the word happiness. And I thought in the message, we're, we're celebrating our graduates, and we'll put that to a side for a later time. So we're celebrating our graduates, but I didn't just want a message that was based around our graduates or that pinnacle, even though those are important. I wanted a message that others could also relate to and adapt to. 
And so happiness is delighted, pleased, or glad over a particular thing, a pleasure or a joy, okay? You're welcome. I gave you the definition. You don't have to look it up. That's what we do here. We aim to please, all right? Because you could be happy. You could be happy to see someone. You could be happy to be here. You could be happy to help. You could be trigger happy. I don't know if that's a good thing, but you can be happy in those kinds of ways. The other word that I was thinking about is the word pursue. And pursue means an effort to secure or attain. It's a quest. Actively seeking, investigating, or chasing. And I told my wife, because she's asked me, like, well, what do you want to say? What do you want them to get out of this? And I said, I, I just want... I want the process of presenting this message. I wanted to be sure to articulate and organize it in such a way that it's going to bring substance and transformation to your life. And she said, well, what does that mean? Well, I said, I just, I want to present it in a way that it makes sense to them. And she said, why don't you just say that? <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm going to present a message to you today that makes sense to you. Amen? Amen. But also that you can articulately organize in such a way that it brings substance and transformation to your life. Okay? I have to get my part in. And so (laughs) what I want to do is I want us to pray as we engage into this message. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've, you've given me revelation. You've given me your word. Thank you, Father God, that you secure me in this place, in this moment, as You've given me the responsibility to teach and minister your word, Father God, that I don't go astray from the thing that you've given me, Father God, that I stay focused on what you have because what you have is what sets people free, Father God. Allow me to be your vessel. Allow me to be my tongue as a pen of a ready writer to present only what you have because that's where we draw the power from the cross. And it's in Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. So today's message is titled, if you're taking notes on your phone or um, if you want to post something or whatever it is, um, it's titled The Pursuit of Happiness. And I wanted to talk about the pursuit of happiness, and I've given you the definition so that we can understand what those mean. But also, the pursuit of happiness is something that we are all Possibly some of us are actively seeking. And if we're zealous enough in our pursuit, maybe happiness will be our destination. On the other hand, perhaps there's some people that have given up on pursuing happiness. Perhaps the loss of something or someone has exhausted their pursuit to desire to be happy or desire of happiness. So I remember a time thinking on my grandfather. And so my grandfather was, um, he was an evangelist and he was paralyzed from underneath his chest down. And this is the only way that I knew my grandfather was in this condition, um, was him being paralyzed. And so I started thinking about my grandfather and I started thinking about the happy moments that I had with him, right? So we would go fishing. He loved fishing. I don't know if he liked to stick to the biblical things, but we went fishing and we would stay out there for hours, right? And so we would have great conversations in those moments. 
um, my, my grandmother, Wella, would, would fix us burritos or lunch or whatever, and we'd stay out there. She was kind of like, stay out there, <laughs> you know? And so we, we would share those moments, um, and also we'd have great conversations. But he also loved watching boxing, right? Like my grandfather loved boxing, and we watched boxing matches together. Like he was sliding and moving, right? And so we watched those things together. As a matter of fact, in this picture, you see that he's holding actually a picture of his favorite boxer, and in all his swagger, tube socks and all, that's me sitting at his feet right there. Yeah, representing y'all to the fullest, right? I don't know who put me in that outfit, um, but I've been asking and no one comes forward with that. Maybe that was just like my boxing uh, gear that I was ready, you know, ready to go. And so my grandpa and I, we had great Bible studies, one-on-one -on -one Bible studies with one another. Sometimes we'd go to like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And his passion to live for Jesus was just so amazing. I really drew from that, and it really would help me as I would move forward in life. But his passion to live for Jesus was so amazing. And what I loved about it is he never made it weird. Amen. And so in, in those happy moments, in 1995, Reverend Jose Chavez went to be with the Lord. In 1995 would be the same year that I was a senior and would graduate high school. And in that moment of his passing, my happiness would expire. And in the moment of the knowledge of that I had in the moment of the word of God was I was blaming God because he took him at the moment that I needed him the most. And I felt alone and I wasn't happy I remember working at a job that paid me pretty close to six figures. And I'm telling y'all, money is not the answer, but it can bring a lot of relief and relieve you from a lot of pressure. Amen? Okay, let's not lie to each other. It can, right? Money can certainly do that. And so I, I, was, I was making this earning and things were great. But after three years of working there, I would, I would no longer be working for this company. And... I just remember, like, my marriage was good, right? Our, our family was healthy. Kids were doing great. Everything was strong. And I remember sitting in the driveway of our home in our vehicle, me and my wife, because our kids know that whenever we have really personal conversations about what's going on, we sit in the car and we talk, right? And so we're, we're having this conversation, and she looks to me with a question that I think we both really needed an answer to. And the question was, what are we going to do? As I shared the news with her about no longer being at that job. And I looked at her and I said, I guess we're going to see how much we really trust God. And so I wanted to share with you these moments that I've experienced that had, I pondered this message of the pursuit of happiness. And I came to this conclusion that happiness comes with expiration dates. Because happiness isn't a consistent status. Now let that sink in a little bit. In that, I wanted to talk about four things that as believers, as people, we pursue that we believe will make us happy. Are you with me? 
All right, strap it in. Get your pens ready. Get your pencils ready. Get your fingers ready. However you do it to type it, here we go. So four things. The first one is a partner to make us feel complete, right? That's one of the first things, a spouse or partner relationship. Because honestly, y'all, who wants to be lonely? You want somebody that you can share your life with. Amen? That's the truth of it is is you want that. The second thing we're going to cover is money. Because, honestly, it gives you flexibility. It can bring you health. I mean, if you get to visit these amazing places, that feels good and that's good for your health. So it can bring you that, but it can also bring you great experiences. The next thing is vacation or activities or hobbies, in a sense. These are the things that we at times pursue in belief that they will make us happy. And the last one is everybody's favorite, fame and status. All right. I know you guys are pumped up, so I'm going to keep going. All right. So uh, in those four things, this is what I wanted to share. Let's, let's talk about that partner. Let's talk about that spouse. And I wanted to share with you that if you believe that a relationship or marriage will make you happy, you're right. If you believe it will keep you happy, you're wrong. And all the married people said, (laughs) amen, right? Don't you dare say amen if your wife is sitting next to you right now. The truth of the matter is, even in relationship, you're not always going to be happy. You're not always going to have happy moments. So can it make you happy? Absolutely. Will marriage keep you happy or stay happy? Not necessarily so. Because listen, in my experience, uh, be married 23 years this September, and I'm telling you, I haven't, I haven't always been her favorite person. Because she says, I love you, but I don't really like you right now. And she'll tell me, I don't think you're striking the proper tone. And sometimes I don't. And so the truth is, is even you have to prepare yourself in your singleness. Because if your purpose for marriage of relationship is to fill a void, now you're dependent on that relationship having to work. Now it has to work. Now we have to get along. Now I have to oversee some things because I put all my eggs in this basket. And if that relationship doesn't work, then what else do I have? And you can't go into marriage and relationship to fill a void. Because all that does is create pressure for the both of you. God didn't give you a spouse or put you in a relationship to make up the difference of your insecurities. I'm going to step back because I don't know how far you guys can throw. So I just want to make sure I can dip behind this TV. But listen, your spouse was not created for you to make up the difference of what you feel you're lacking. That's God's job. Are you with me? All right. Are we good? (laughs) Okay. All right. Thanks, Tyler. All right. Because, listen... God didn't give you that to make up the difference because that's not a partnership. That's more like a business transaction. And God didn't put you in a relationship for a business transaction. Amen? Amen. Because you're not going to be happy all the time. Let's look at Matthew 6, 33. Because, you know, I feel like you're like, well, prove it. 
All right? So Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's a very familiar verse. We've read it before time and time again. But I want you to really focus on what you're supposed to be seeking first. And it's the kingdom of God. Well, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, when you think of kingdom, you think of royalty. When you think of royalty, you think of Jesus. His kingdom, his royalty, is his son, which is the word of God. So when you seek first Jesus, when you seek first the word and his righteousness, not what we think is right, not what's right in our understanding, not what we're leaning on, but his righteousness. And righteousness is simply right standing with God. So if you're right standing with God, you're not going to be right standing in what you want to do and how you believe it should be. So if you're right standing in your way, then you're probably not right standing with God. And we should be seeking first. And then what's going to happen? All these other things shall be added unto you. Amen? Amen. Second thing we're talking about is money. My point that I have on money is the deception can be money equals success. But do you measure that in what you can't buy Do you measure success? Do you, do you consider in what you can't buy back? Whether that be time, right? Whether that be moments, experiences, or love. If success is measured by the amount of money you make, just keep in mind, what or who did I stop pursuing to pursue this? You can't pursue two things at one time. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And you can't serve money and God in the same way. I'm just backing myself up so I don't have to back up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, is this good so far? Are we good? All right, Matthew 13, 16. I really want you to lean into this. I'm going to read verses 16 and 17. Now, let me give you the context of this because it's happening where Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's talking about the parable of the sower, okay? So in this, it's in red. This is what Jesus is saying to him. Anytime you see the red in the Bible, that is the hot sauce of the word. That is, the hot, that is a good stuff, okay? I don't know. Do we have any hot sauce people in the house? Yeah. All right, okay, all right. So this is what it says, 16 and 17 of, of chapter 13. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Talking to the disciples, talking to us. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it. And, the, and to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. Now, I want you to think about this because what Jesus is saying, how many times have you been in a service in a moment where you're listening to a message, you're listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you, whether it's reading your Bible, whether it's listening to a message, listening to a podcast, and you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and you hear it and at times you see it, but then you ignore it and you don't pursue it. And so what it's talking about here is they didn't have the eyes to see. Even though they had eyes, they couldn't see it. Even though they had ears, they couldn't, couldn't hear it. And 
I don't want you to miss today what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you because he has the divine power, supernatural ability to use one person to communicate to everybody in the room. And that's got nothing to do with me. Amen? And so there it says now in Matthew 13, 22, the parable of the sower explains the pursuit of money or wealth as seed that fell among the thorns. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the word and he becomes unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches. You know what deceitfulness is? It's not obvious. It's not evident. As a matter of fact, it looks kind of right. It looks okay. And I'm here to tell you, deceitfulness is not obvious or evident. Think about when Satan tempted Jesus and he used scripture to do it. That's very deceitful. And so the deceitfulness of riches choked the word, choked the seed. The word choked in the Greek means to strangle or drown. So it drowns the word. The deceitfulness of riches drown the word of God. And a seed that is drowned is a seed that cannot grow, that cannot prosper. If your business is flourishing and your family is diminishing, that my family is unfruitful. Now, you're producing fruit, but it's plucked fruit. I'm praying that you're processing right now. All right, let's go on to the next one. That's enough of that. Let's go to vacations or activities, right? Hobbies. If we can go here or if we can do this, it will make us better or happier. We just need to get away. Commercials. Need to get away, right? Even Snickers is trying to tell you. Need to get away. <laughs> Understand that whatever you're leaving will be there when you get back. Whatever distractions you put in front of your issues to cover them are now simply just behind your distractions. If, if I decide that I'm going through something and I don't want to deal with it, so I'm going to put a hobby or take a vacation and go on an outing, and I'm just going to put it in front my issue is where the podium is, but I'm going to stand right here and I'm going to put this distraction that doesn't eliminate my issue. What it does is it creates a layer. And how many layers are we putting in between ourselves and our issues that are distractions so that we don't have to focus or deal with that thing? And maybe sometimes we don't want to deal with them. Maybe sometimes we think, well, you know what? Pastor Mondo is just going to cause an argument. Good. Maybe it should. Maybe it should cause an argument. I'm not promoting arguing, but Lord, at least you're communicating. And if something's not right, then it should be brought up. Amen? You can move away. You can get away. You can say, you know what? We just need to get out of Hobbs. That's the problem. We just need to get out of Hobbs. I just need another job. I just need to go to another company. I just need to move to another city. And I just want you to keep in mind and just remember that whatever you do and wherever you go, that you're going with you. 
And so if you haven't resolved the issue, why is your environment going to change that? It's a distraction from it. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 20. Still in in Matthew 13, we're going to bump up a little bit, just above it. Jesus said, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles or they stumble, or she stumbles. I'm telling you, it's so important because you can be really happy about something. And you can ride that wave. But when that wave is no longer there, you're just looking for the next wave. And sometimes, you just got to learn how to swim. Because happiness is a fix, but happiness doesn't mean that it's fixed. Let's go on to our favorite one, fame and status. And my question here is, how many followers does it take to get to the center of your Tootsie Pop? (laughs) How many licks does it take? How many is it going to take before you are content, before you're happy, before you're satisfied? Let me give you an answer. Never. Because once you reach this pinnacle, then there's another pinnacle that you want. And once you reach that pinnacle, well, that's not sufficient. So I go, got to go a little bit higher. And you have to be mindful about the mountain that you're climbing because whatever you compromise on the, top, on the way to that, on top of that mountain will be what will control you on the top of the mountain. Mm, yeah. Be mindful of it. If you are pursuing fame or status, let me tell you, humility isn't in your equation. I just want to go where everybody knows my name. (laughs) You see, the ones that laughed are the only generation that really understand (laughs) what's happening right now. The others are just like, what is so funny about that? You know, (laughs) these generations, this older generation, I don't know, (laughs) right? But listen, humility isn't in your equation if that's what you're striving for. If you're striving for status, if you're striving for fame, if fame and status is your fruit, Rest assured that negative feelings, emotions, and actions are your root. If that's what you're producing, this is where it's coming from. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. I'm so glad I have the Word of God. It's a lot of pressure up here, y'all. Pastor Ty does this like, woof. This is what it says. Therefore, humble yourself. A lot of people say, well, God just needs to humble me. That's not what he said. He said, humble yourself. Yeah. Humble yourself under his might, under the mighty hand of God. Yeah. Isn't that humility when you are under something? Yeah. He didn't say go above the hand of God. Mm-hmm. Under the hand of God. That what? He may exalt you in due time. Not when you want it. Not when you think it should happen. That he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. How many know that God cares about your cares? Not only does he care about your care, but he will carry them for you. He cares about the things that you care about. And I love the idea, y'all, that we get the opportunity 
to have these hobbies and have these things that we get to do. Listen, I know that God put a passion in you. And maybe some of you really like fishing and you really like hunting and you really like playing pickleball and you really like doing these are pickleball. Who plays pickleball? <laughs> Woo, guilty. All right. Um, when you get older, there's certain things that you just don't want to do anymore. Right. But listen, God gives you these passions and there's nothing wrong with that because the trade is, is I know the passions that you have and the desires that you want to do and dreams that you have. And I want you to know that that's okay as long as you don't forget me. As long as you don't forget that I was the one that gave you the ability and that passion that I placed inside of you. When you talk about your passion, talk about me. That's what God is saying. And it's okay to have dreams. Graduates, it's okay to have dreams. It's okay to live and say, this is my dream and this is what I want to accomplish. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're willing to accept the nightmares in pursuing your dreams. All right. I'm going to come back over here. I feel safer. (laughs) Genesis chapter 3. And I want to read this to you. I know you're familiar with it, but you'll be more familiar with it today. Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said you shall not eat nor shall you touch, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Let me just make a note that the only person in the Bible that is telling you to be like God wasn't God, wasn't Jesus, it was the serpent. So when the woman saw that there was good, that the the tree, I know how to read, I promise. (laughs) So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So she also gave to her husband that was with her, that was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. As they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Let me tell you something. All the trees were accessible, but not all the trees should be desired. There's a lot of things accessible to your life. It's a lot of things that you can strive for and accomplish and push and be zealous for, but that doesn't mean that they should all be desired. There will always be an outside voice that's telling you you can be like God. There will always be an outside voice to convince you that you're greater than what he gave you. Because that's not an inside voice, that's an outside voice. That was outside the covenant that God had made with Adam and Eve. Amen? We'll always be an outside voice telling you, you know what? You can be your own God. You can live your own life. 
You could do it your way. You could speak your truth. In verse 6, I really want to focus on this. We're getting close to wrapping it up. Listen. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. The food is equivalent, y'all, to the sense of being filled or complete. She saw it as desirable. This can fill me. This will complete me. Well, sorry, Jerry Maguire, no, it won't. Again, the laughs are only to a certain group. I apologize. (laughs) Right, it's the scene where she looks at Tom Cruise and says, you complete me. (laughs) He's trying to talk, and she's like, shut up, shut up. I've watched it before, can you tell? (laughs) And she says, you complete me. So food is equivalent to that. The next thing that was there was the pleasing to the eyes, which is envying what you think you deserve. I've worked hard for it. I deserve that. And the third thing was it would make her wise. It would make them wise, which means to prosper, to have success, and to be an expert. And it's crazy to me that the very three things that she's wanting and desiring for to be filled, the thing that she saw that she believed she deserved, and the thing that she thought would make her an expert in her own eyes, Adam and Eve already possessed. God had already equipped them with that. And somebody came to deceive them that they didn't have that. Sounds like an identity crisis of your striving for something that he's already paid for. Eve ate and Adam ate, and their eyes were opened. Don't allow yourself to see what you believed was right was actually wrong all along. There's many things right now in your lives that you're bypassing, that you're ignoring, Remember, the scripture told us they had ears to hear but couldn't hear. They had eyes to see but couldn't see. And there's many things right now that you're bypassing because you don't think it's a big deal. And then I just don't want you to get to a place, and God doesn't want you to get to a place to say, and then and it, tragedy happens, and you're just like, it was there all along, and I ignored it. I didn't listen. I sat in that service, and God, the, by his spirit, told me. Yeah, maybe he used a 5 bit Mexican to do it, but he told you. <laughs> And I don't want you to get to the point where you realize it was wrong all along. Verse 8 tells us that Adam and Eve, they ran and they hid from God. Don't allow your pursuit of happiness to push you further from his presence. Don't allow the thing that was appealing to the eye and you thought would complete you and you thought would fill you, and you thought you were missing to push you further from God. The worship team is going to come out. And I want to give you a disclaimer. I wanted to give it to you at the beginning, but then I thought, well, no, they're probably going to forget. And so I wanted to give you this disclaimer, okay? I am not telling you this morning, don't be happy. Stop smiling. 
What are you laughing about? Don't email, text, or call Pastor Tyson. You know what Pastor Mono said? He told us we don't need to be happy. That's not what I'm telling you this morning because the things that I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with vacationing and getting away. There's nothing wrong with making money. Come on, because that's the way God set us up. There's nothing wrong with seeking relationship, and there's nothing wrong with people knowing who you are as long as you're making him known greater than you're being known. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But if I could give you something to take away, that if somebody asked you about today's message and they said, what was today's message about? What did it revolve around? And the conclusion that I could give you is that God didn't call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. He didn't call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. And get what I'm saying here. Because what happens is, a lot of times, we'll try to be, pull happiness and hope that we can find holiness. It's right, but it's wrong. God said, be holy, and you will have happy moments that will be pure, that will be untainted. But honestly, if, if happiness expires, it certainly can't be from God because what he gives lasts forever. It's forever established. And so now if I just live from holiness, I know that I can pursue happiness in the way God wants me to do it. So stop living your life in happy moments and jumping on waves and believing that that's going to solve something because you're never going to find holiness when happiness is leading the way. I want to encourage you this morning because the worship team, they're going to sing this song. And I want to open the altar, not with a specific call. You know what God is speaking to you. I presented what he's given me. And if you feel like, I just need a reset. If you feel like you need a reset, you've been playing that video game and you're like, Ugh, power button, reset. God cannot be mocked. So we can't just use the reset because we're not living it out right. But you're not alone because he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And even though it seems a little leaning into conflict today with this message, it's because God loves you. And he doesn't want to see you pursue what you think is happiness and it's leading you to a pit. If you walk in his holiness, and that's not perfection. Y'all, God knew we wouldn't be perfect. Why else did he provide a savior? We're not going to hit the mark every time. But he's given us forgiveness and grace and repentance to be able to get right back in it. If us being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more does God want to give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He, we're not going to love better than him. We're not going to grace better than him. We're not going to hug better than him. This is your opportunity to come before the Father. Because when the music fades and all is stripped away, and all you have is to see him, Don't focus on your fall. 
Don't focus on the downfall. Don't focus on the trip. I'm excited about your get up. Doesn't matter because we all fall. We all fall short. But how do you get up? It's just simply coming back to him. So our prayer team will be up here to assist you if you need prayer. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'll be standing over in this corner. I want to meet you there because I don't want to bypass that opportunity as well. I hope this is something that God spoke to you this morning and that it brought substance and transformation to your life and that it made sense to you. Amen. God bless you.